Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here. I'm Marissa Klein from Choice Fashion and Media and one of the Dreamcatchers. And we are honored, humbled, excited. I don't know, every single explosive adjective to be here this morning at our inaugural How It Works event. Um, We are um, thrilled that Paula and Brooke of MPZ included us in this incredible adventure, which is a dream come true for both myself and Jamie. And this is my sister, Jamie. I will let her introduce herself. Hi, guys. I'm Jamie. I'm Jamie Stozer. Um, As Marissa said, my sister and I run a division of our father's staffing firm. We've been in business for 45 years. For those of you that don't know what that means, we're recruiters, headhunters. Um, So we are what we call staffing and career experts. And about a year ago right now, we launched our podcast called The Dream Catchers. There's a couple of cards around about what we are doing. And uh, we met Paula and Brooke of NPG's NPZ Design, who does a lot of our events here at Bellworks, um, several months ago, and have been working to bring this to life. So thank you so much for being here for our first one. We are so, so excited to be here. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some folks trickling in, so bear with us if we have to kind of rewind a few times. But uh, we are so, so thrilled to have our team from IFF here today for our first How It Works. Um, They're going to go ahead and introduce themselves. But first, we're going to have Anna, who is down here at the end, uh, explain a little bit about what IFF is, because a lot of folks don't know what that is that are here, that we have some students in the house. I know a lot of you work for IFF, but those of you that don't would love to hear a little bit about what IFF is doing and, and a little bit background there. Hi, good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? You're well. Great. Well, first of all, before I introduce IFF, I just wanted to thank you guys for the opportunity. We're super excited, not only to be here today, but the journey to get to know you, what you do, your vision, and uh, also working with Paula and her team. So it's a great opportunity for us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming uh, to be with us today. Um, Like uh, they said, some of you are from IFF, but I thought it would be nice to explain a little bit of what we do. We moved into Bellworks about two months ago, but we have a long history uh, in New York and New Jersey as a company. So we were coming from this campus that we were in Haslett, uh, a good campus for IFF, but we really wanted to be in a more vibrant community. Uh, and that's why we moved to Bellworks. So I'm very, very happy and excited. And what we basically do, the company stands for uh, International Flavors and Fragrances. Uh, we're 140 years old, but you know, yet very, um, very young, uh, with a lot of exciting things uh, that are happening at the company now. And we're basically designers and creators of scents. So raise your hand if you use a shampoo. 
right? <laughs> a perfume, a personal perfume, or if you like lighting candles. Basically, your scent experience, your fragrance experience, is provided by the creations that we um, work in partnership with our clients. So you might not know IFF as a brand when you go to buy something, but we are kind of the Intel inside, you know, like the, the scent that provides that delightful, delightful experience when you are experiencing a product. We also have a taste division. Uh, our group here today is representing the scent division, but the taste division is basically doing the same for everything you eat. Uh, and I think one of the most um, important um, platforms for IFF today is sustainability. So we're really working to create more sustainable scents, not only from the origin of the materials, but how we process things uh, to be able to be on trend and deliver great scent experiences to you. So... This is basically what we do, and we have a really, we're going to go through the introductions, but a very diverse group of people here today uh, behind, you know, the scenes doing all this creation of uh, wonderful scents. Thank you so much for that. And also, I should mention, anybody that's here today that registered on Eventbrite uh, will be entered into a raffle that we will announce before the end of the day to get a little bit of swag from us, but more exciting, more exciting than that is um, an opportunity to make your own scent with IFF. So come back to IFF's offices one day that works for you to take a little bit of a tour and figure out, you know, what is your personal scent and how they go about doing that, which is super, super cool. So stay tuned on that. So we're going to go through and have everybody introduce themselves. And if you want to start, since you just kind of talked a little bit about IFF, go ahead and let us know if you don't mind your name, your title, um, and how long you've been with the company. So I'm Anna Mendoza. Um, I'm the general manager for IFF, uh, and I've been in the company, wow, for 20, almost 28 years. I know this is a rare <laughs> situation these days, but in fact, it's, I feel like um, I've had the opportunity to work in so many different functions and roles at IFF, and also, as you can notice from my accent, I am not American, I'm Brazilian. So I started in IFF Brazil, back in the you know in the time and then i moved to the us and then i moved to europe and then i came back to the us in 2016 so it's been 28 years but with tremendous opportunity to get to know you know different sites of iff different people build different networks and it's almost like felt every time i moved to a different region i kind of started all over again so uh, right now i'm in charge of the operations and uh, the business in north america Hi everyone, my name is Stephanie Santo Padre and I am a junior account manager here at IFF and I've been with uh, the company for a little over five and a half years. Awesome. Hi everyone, my name is Joe Kennedy. I'm the regional uh, creative center manager for consumer fragrances in North America. I've been with IFF for 14 and a half years and I've spent uh, eight of those years abroad. I was actually based in the Netherlands for five years and I also had an opportunity to work in Singapore, so in Asia for three years. So I just re relocated back to the US about four years ago and uh, just moved into this new position two months ago. Good morning, my name is Maeve McCurtain. Uh, I'm Irish and I've been working with IFF for seven and a half years. I'm a perfumer trainee. I started in the Netherlands uh, for five years and then I moved to Paris for two years and I just relocated here um, in mid-August. 
Hi, everyone. My name is Julia Merrill. I'm the Director of Marketing and Consumer Insights, and I'm joining the Dinosaur Plate with Anna and Joe. We've been with the company for about 18 years, uh, starting as an, uh, a trainee and uh, originally, again, from, uh, from Brazil and here in the U.S. over the past uh, 11 years. I don't know if I can compete with that. <laughs> We've been working together a long time. Yes, but so, all in all in New York and New Jersey, yes. it's not as exciting. I, I and I don't have the, the global reach, if you will, and the beautiful accents. No, <laughs> um, I have a a, 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 a Jersey, Jersey twang. Accent. Yeah, um, with our leopard. We're with really our le- we were matching today. leopard. By the way, for the record, for all of our audience, we did not plan this. But when I saw her this morning, it's too late. I mean, I what am like, I going to do? I'm dressed. I, I walked into her house. I'm like, this is it. So we're just so, showing up, twinning. Except not. <laughs> Thank you for right. sending the memo, by the way. Yes. Right. We didn't we send didn't the memo it. about the. You're not welcome pep. on on Thursdays. We wear leopard. Yes. Okay. So again, my name is Marissa Klein, um, and I run a division of our family business, Choice Associates. Our area is called Cho- Choice Fashion and Media, and um, just to give you a little color from a, a staffing perspective. I have focused on the fashion and media piece of the industry for the last 15 years. And prior to that, I worked in fashion. And prior to that, I worked in beauty. And my dream job in my life was to be on this couch with these people. Um, Sometimes when you have, and I know we have a lot of students here, which is one of the reasons why we love being part of a staffing firm and having our career podcast, is sometimes you have a dream, and that dream ebbs and flows and changes. So whether I'm being completely transparent with all of you or not, this is a dream moment for me. However, it was scripted in a way that I would never have imagined 20-ish years ago when I really, really tried hard to work in beauty, and it's a story that I can sob about, and I've already shared it with them. Um, You can hear it on our podcast. Yeah, you can hear it on our podcast. our first episode. Episode one. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, when you put people to work... Our job is to help our clients find good candidates. That's how Jamie and I have made a living. That's how my father put this company on the map for the last 45 years. Jamie, uh, Jamie's been with me seven, eight years. Eight years. I've been doing it almost 16. The joy of our job is not necessarily the piece that we get compensated for. So I am asking or thanking you for joining me today and joining Jamie today. This is the piece that I love. Sharing story, inspiring others, hearing how these incredible individuals, I mean, in 15, 16 years, I don't know the last time I've sat in a room with people that have worked for their organization for this long. So for you to be exposed to stories of all different backgrounds um, in our town of Homedale, I mean, it's such an incredible opportunity. So I'm really, really excited. And I hate to say that seven times over, but I, it is true. Um, and now as part of the dream catchers, which is something that Jamie and I came up with, uh, as I mentioned a year ago, we like to focus on career journey. So on the podcast, we get a little bit deeper into our guests' uh, backgrounds, and we unpack them, you know, thoroughly. And today, for the sake of time, and because we have so many incredible, talented people here, we're going to divvy them up. And we're, it's going to be casual. And if you have questions, we might throw some out to you. Um, but, you know, anything else I missed? No, I think we could get started. I mean, Marissa covered it a little bit. I, um, I joined her eight years ago, but I, I came from corporate media. I worked for CNN for many years before I came to work for Choice. And there is a very small 
percentage of companies that can retain their employees as well as IFF has. And, and from an HR standpoint, I think that's a wonderful thing to highlight. Today, we might talk about that a little bit unexpectedly because when I was at Turner, we were like that as well. Most people were lifers. People had been there for 20 plus years. I just find that so inspiring. And what I think is really interesting for a lot of our audience to hear and our students especially is like what you said, Anna, where you can start and then you you know, could transfer and be able to live in a different country or city for several years as part of the same organization. So I think that's super inspirational too, which we likely will cover. Um, but just to get this party started a little, um, we like to start our, our questions typically, like Marissa was saying, where we would be talking to one or two people with starting from the beginning. And we've, we sent these questions to our audience, our, our panelists before, and they were helpful enough to divide them up for us because either they had a specific answer that may have been super cool or different. In this case, I think that maybe that's why we chose Maeve for the first answer. So we like to ask people, you know, one of the things that we talk about all the time, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Obviously, that can change a lot. So I'm, I'm guessing a lot of you didn't say to yourselves, I want to make a cent when I grow up. Um, but what we might unpack today is why you ended up getting into this. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. And we're going to ask Maeve, because we think that her answer is cool. What did you want to be when yes, you grew Maeve. up and why? What did you want to be? So yeah, when I was growing up for many years, I wanted to be a witch. Interesting. So, okay. <laughs> so Very I think timely. that's really t timely and, and matches with the decor and the month in which we're in. Tell us why you wanted to be a why witch. Why did you want to be a witch? I just loved, um, we had a lot of trees and plants around our house. I loved like gathering all you know bits of leaves and berries and petals and making up my own lotions and potions and you know trying to like you know um you know cast my own spells and I just it really lasted for a long time this you know and even into my teenage years I loved to do tarot cards and this thing and so then you know um I think that translated in my mind because I didn't even know that the job of a perfumer existed so um I had like my pipettes and mixing things up so that kind of um, guided me towards being a chemist and then like many years later I read an an article about a perfumer and that really was um, a kind of a light bulb moment where mm -hmm. I realized wow this is really you know and now when I look at what I'm doing today it's not that far away from that you know it's it's you know making you know dreams or you guys something. she's a witch just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry I don't know if you knew you worked you worked with a real live witch but <laughs> that's awesome and you know what that's very much what we talk about all the time that like what you want to be when you grow up it could potentially become what you do or for us here we are interviewing some of the folks that do the stuff that we maybe wanted to do when we grew up. I love that. Um, amazing. And and typically we then talk about like, okay, so that's what you wanted to be when you grew up. So what was your first job? But in this particular case, we're going to direct that um, question to Joe because I think he has a pretty Jersey answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very Jersey answer. So I'm actually from the area and uh, my first job was a prototypical summer job working uh, in Seaside Heights down the shore on the boardwalk. Has anyone actually, ever heard of Seaside Heights? Anybody been to Seaside Heights? <laughs> a few people. So you have a lot of games and stands down the boardwalk. And actually, I was working in the baseball stand where you throw the baseball and it measures your velocity and you try to break the beer bottles and win. So I was that guy there hawking all the people walking by and, and convincing them to give me their money so that they could break some beer bottles and throw the baseball. Not much different than what you're doing now? or Exactly the same thing. <laughs> exactly the same thing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so, you know, obviously for our students, too, we always talk about wh what it is that you wanted to be when you grew up. What, do you, what was your first job? And then maybe did you have some internships in there that might have been... So your first job being on the shore wasn't necessarily what you then kind of when you started to craft what you maybe wanted to do 
what your internships were. Because that's when obviously a lot of us start to explore professionally in an office setting what it is that we want to do, even though that sounds like really good prep. Um, so we like to, we're going to direct this question to Julia because I think you have a really cool uh, internship that you did that kind of led you maybe in a little bit of a professional direction. Yeah, when I was in, uh, and in college, I had a dream of uh, designing cars. I was completely in love by, I wanted to be in Pinifarina from 10 years from that point. Uh, so I first applied to General Motors in Brazil and I didn't pass on the design um, aspect of it but six months later after you know trying and calling them and say hey you know can you reconsider and everything and then they put me on engineering and I'm like okay this is a completely different path from you know a design but then uh, now I look back and even in the most boring things of the learning of the engineering process really helped me to understand a lot of the processes that we actually have inside IFF. So I think that my take from that is even if you don't like your first internship or if you think, oh, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be happy doing this, take and extract, you know, the key learnings because they're, they're going to be, in, when you look back at your life and you see the buckets of things that you have learned, you can definitely, you know, pinpoint into some of those moments in your life. So uh, engineering what gave me this, this structure and the love for process. And I, I ended up uh, being pretty much a control freak in that sense. You know, <laughs> I love organization and, and processes. And I think it, it's also because of the beginning of my career. Julia, you just said that so well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to web that together. So on the podcast and now live, we have somebody that when they were little wanted to be a witch and she enjoyed making potions and coming up with things and ingredients from her home and her life to make magic spells. Now, and then you have a young man who was engaging with strangers and trying to establish rapport so that he could make money. Um, and then you had a young woman who had a passion for cars and ended up seeing true structure. It's interesting how the story kind of unfolds. And if you really reflect on your own journey, a lot of who we end up being starts from the very beginning. My favorite people to ask about career is someone that's five years old. Because the truth is their answer, very much like Maeve's, actually speaks volumes about who they inherently are. And we sometimes get lost on our journey forgetting who we inherently are as we learn different pieces from each job that we're in. Speaking of, Anna, um, having discussed some of their history, and now I turn to you, what was your first real job? So I'll go back in time as well, because I think it explains a lot. When um, I was around, I think, 16 years old, uh, I went to visit my father, and he was actually working for IFF in Rio, and where they manufacture a lot of those scents. And I went to his office, and instead of seeing papers and computers, I saw all these little jars. And I was very curious about that, you know. So what do you do that? And then he said, well, you know, I import and export, like, raw materials that go into scents. And I remember the smell that I, I you know, it, it got stuck into my memory that that was so different and, and so special. And I went ahead, went to college, really didn't think about 
about working in the fragrance business. And then at some point, you know, there was an opportunity at IFF. He had friends, so net, his networking kind of helped me. And I made an effective test, and I passed. And that's when I got my first real job, you know. And I think that seed was kind of planted in my memory. And I didn't really articulate that. I wasn't really looking exactly for that job. I was looking for an internship. But the fact that I had that experience, you know, and I looked up to him and I was like, this is cool. I want to do something, something like that. And he had very little knowledge of what that meant. And then I started as a, 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 a fragrance evaluator. Very few people know about this job. Um, some of us know, maybe none of us, just me, <laughs> you know, went through that journey. And I started really learning the basics, all the raw materials, nomenclature, you know, memorizing all of those um, materials, how do you put that together, how you work with the perfumer, and then that was really um, so magic for me, there was some magic into that discovery as well, and you have to blend, which is what we do a lot right now, uh, a bit of art and a bit of science, it's kind of a combination of art and science, I think Maeve is kind of naughty, there is a lot of that, so that was really a great discovery on my first job, and I don't forget also the fact that I got my first paycheck, and I was like, wow, this is cool. I really like, you know, the independence that that's going to bring to my life. And that was so many years ago. But, you know, that that was the beginning of my journey. And like I said before, from that um, fragrance evaluator job, I moved into many other positions. But the passion is the same. You know, that passion got ignited at that point. Most probably when I saw my father and how he enjoyed working with, you know, the materials and the, the creative process. Uh, and then into even these days, 28 years uh, later. So that was my first job at IFF. I left the company and I came back later. And then I continue my journey. But that was uh, really the turning point in, in my, the beginning of my career. And then that, you know, gave me turning point uh, later. I think Jamie and I can completely relate to that. Because if you had given me... Um, $10 million? $10 million. I would never have expected to work in the family business. However, it's every memory I have. So as you grow and you're experiencing life, there's certain texture to the, the fabric of our lives and the, and the things that, that we're exposed to as children and young adults that really do help to, to solidify your decision-making and your patterns. So, of course, if you, I mean, granted, what your dad was doing is extremely intoxicating, right? So it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, so, Stephanie, we didn't kind of delve into what you did, but maybe for the audience and the text of this conversation or the question is what I'd love to know what maybe your first job was and or your favorite internship and or what you wanted to be when you grew up so that you can draw on how you use some of those highlights in your job today. So I didn't exactly have an idea of what I wanted to be when I grew up, but in school I studied business management. I actually went to Monmouth University, which is very close to here. And out, so I, I did have an internship within school. I worked for a company um, in Titton Falls, again, very local. And from there, once I graduated, I actually was, uh, I was given a job uh, there. So they hired me, so it worked out very nice. Um, this job was in customer service. And another job that I had following it was in customer service. So um, that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. But at the time, I needed a job. So I, you know, I, I took what I had. But I will say that there were 
there's a lot of things that you learn in a role like that. Um, and the importance of customer service, I think, in any company is really invaluable. And you're faced with a lot of challenges. And I think, you know, so I learned how to manage my time properly, um, ma always, you know, manage customers' expectations while also, you know, uh, you know, doing your job and, and, and doing a good job. So from there, I, years later, I, I came to IFF and I think that all of those things are super important in what I do now as I'm, you know, working with our customer face to face. And I want to, you know, give them what they want, the fragrances that they want, but also at the same time, we need to make sure that we're managing expectations and, and, and going from there. So I want to say something for our audience that doing what I do, I love people. I love the story of people. So I hadn't met Stephanie before. I met her about an hour ago. And one of the things that I enjoy doing when I do these types of interviews is, guess what? I don't like to prep too much. So I might advise all of you to prep. But in this particular case, I don't take my own advice because I think it's better to be unscripted and to learn a little story about every person along with my audience. I feel like it's extremely authentic. But when I met Stephanie a few minutes ago, she tried to know everybody that she met's name. She's like, okay, so Jamie. So, and she's like, Marissa. you're Marissa. Wait, and wait. Then and Matt. then two seconds later, she's like, you're Jamie. You're Marissa. Yes. Like, and I was then, like, it's and, good. And like, I was like, I you're have not, to know your name. Yes. You don't have to know my and name. And I said, Stephanie, this is, I'm interviewing you. You don't have to work this hard. And then, then in my mind, I'm like, I should do what she's doing. And now, knowing what I know about her, two plus two equals four, doesn't it? Because she knew she wanted to. Intuitively, she wanted to make sure that she could make everyone comfortable around her. And manage everyone's expectations and also be as respectful as possible. And for me in staffing, if I were not looking at a resume, I would say excellent sales, business development, customer service, 100% home run. Well done. Thank you. You're so good at your job, Marissa. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm a witch. <laughs> well, you know, this is an interesting segue for us because um, one of the things I like to insert throughout my podcast and our podcast in general, and I think this is a good place to do that, is so obviously all of us have a story. And when we decided we wanted to do what we do now, at some point you have like an aha moment where you're like, I don't like this job and I need to switch or I love this about my job, but I want to do that. And one of the things that we talk, or if you're a student and you're like, I have no idea what I want to do, literally nothing. <laughs> um, you're just kind of like, I could do business. I could do communications. My advice to people always is try to figure out who you are. Like I tell people, who are you in like your friend group? Like, like who are you? Like, are you the person that like pays the check? Like, are you the one that picks the restaurant? Are you the one that makes sure everyone's coming? Are you the, you know, coordinator? And you'd be surprised or not that when you kind of identify like who you are as a human being and your strong skill set, that you actually will maybe identify the types of roles that could be good for you. So for example, for me, I was always the, the cheerleader. I was the one that was like, everyone's got to get together. Let's all do this. And one of the things that I think is really interesting about the career I path wasn't. that I ended up going down <laughs> is is I got into corporate human resources, which for those of you that don't know what human resources are, is I basically say we're like the camp counselors of the company. We're the ones that make you like excited to come to work and excited to stay at work and how do we retain you and figure out cool and different ways from your compensation to your benefits to the 
you know, the things that you get to experience day to day, uh, why you get to be there. So that's kind of what it took me some years to get there. But I, I implore all of you to think about that. And what I would love to kind of direct to you guys is when did you have your aha moment? What was it? Obviously, yours was collecting petals in your backyard when you were a young girl. But maybe collectively, if anybody wants to kind of answer this where, you know, what made you decide to, to join IFF? Like, what was the moment that you were like, you know what, this is the route that I want to take? I, I guess that uh, yeah, I didn't really know IFF, uh, so it was not like a targeted uh, decision. But I think that what uh, struck me was the work-life balance. Mm -hmm. uh, back in the story of General Motors, you know, it was super far away from home. So I was studying at night, working during the day, and I literally had like four hours of sleep. So at some point after doing this for almost uh, two years, I said, it's probably not a good balance. Um, and then I said, I don't want to get a car to work anymore. I kind of, you know, flipped it around. I went completely like loving cars and hating cars at the same time. <laughs> Sounds uh, right. And then I was, you know, distributing my resume and walking distance and I was coming back home and I was trapped by the smell. So be attentive to your senses as well when you are in this moment of transitions. And a little bit into what Anna is saying, I, I'm walking home and I feel this amazing smell of fresh laundry. And I said, what is this? And I look and there's IFF. I know nothing about IFF. And I said, okay, can I drop my resume there? Two hours later, my soon-to-be manager calls me and says, hey, I just got your resume and we just opened a trainee. How, what do you know about IFF? I said, I don't know anything about, I don't recommend you guys do it today. Be, please come prepare to your uh, interviews. But at that time, I said, I don't really know anything about IFF. I just want a job that is close to home. And that's it. A couple of that's hours. That's fair. Sometimes yeah. that's your reason. Exactly. And we can all, to, we can all relate, well, to, relate that to that here. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then that's how I entered IFF. I was first thinking that they would be designing bottles. So it was kind of a correlation into design cars. But it said, no, actually, we designed the invisible. We create fragrances. And it's not something, you know, uh, physical that you can touch. You are touching the senses of the people. I said, like, oh, this is so cool. I totally want to do this. And that's how I started. I love that. And yeah. you know what? I should have mentioned this. You know, one of the things that we talk about all the time is turning people's lights on. That's kind of what we love to do. Uh, igniting others. That's one of the things that kind of the, de the definition of dream catchers, et cetera, is kind of trapping all the noise and letting the beauty come through the feathers. That's what a, a dream catcher physically does. Uh, and so we like to turn people's lights on. And I think sometimes it takes a little bit of a weird turn of events for your light to turn on, like walking down the street and smelling that laundry smell, which by the way, we all can relate to. Um, and you're like, but good kudos to you to actually scent, smell that and be like, I'm going to go in here and give my resume to them. I said like if, if the, you know, it was actually the, the trash of the company that was said, if this company has a trash that smells so great, can you believe what's inside there? It's like a whole dream coming true. Amazing. Anybody else want to tell us about your aha moment? So, so yeah, so I have, um, I have a, different type of aha moment. So mine was not necessarily why to join IFF, but was more why to stay and why why the industry. And so I have a business background and I joined IFF. And actually when I joined, I, you know, we're making products with the fragrances. It didn't really interest me at the beginning. I, I really didn't care, to be honest with you. 
And over time, as I was working with the team and we were creating more fragrances and for products, I found myself wandering my friends' homes, smelling their fragrances and their products and telling them they should be using different ones that I've been actually working on. Yeah. So I said, like, okay, throw this out. there's something yeah. here. I right. think I'm definitely really interested It got into in your that. blood a little bit. And then the moment that I knew I absolutely loved what I did was, I remembered I was sitting in Bangkok, in Thailand, in a low-income uh, neighborhood, and I was watching people do their laundry. And I found it so fascinating. And for me, it was the most powerful experience of my entire life. And I knew at that moment, I love the fragrance industry. How can we work with people and make their small chores that much better? And why is it so important? And those people taught me so much. Mm -hmm. So for me, I knew at that point was I have to stay. I love that. And, and Joe, what can you tell our guests what it is that you do now like what is your day-to-day yes uh so 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 slightly interesting actually when i was because you just said you have a new job here exactly and and so maybe that was a bit of a precursor because today i work with the perfumers and the evaluators to actually create the fragrances so that's more in in my team now as the creative center uh, manager when i was visiting the homes i was on the account side so i was working for a specific product and I should have known then that actually my interest lied more on the development side and on the creation side. I didn't recognize it. But now I'm more on the internal development and, and creative side. I love that. And just for our audience that doesn't know, obviously, I know I love what you said. Obviously, that's, this is something I'm sure that you guys say a lot where you create the invisible. I love that sentence. Um, what visible brands would our audience have heard of that you touch on a regular basis or what invisible or what brands have your invisible essences that we're allowed to mention so we the 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 highest visibility it's on the fine fragrance um business so your personal personal perfumes and um, we are very public about you know that information so for example in the masculine market for personal perfumes Invictus Mm -hmm. it's a fragrance created by IFF in partnership you know with the brand Uh, but obviously when you're buying you know the fragrance you see you don't uh, know that it's made by IFF that's made by IFF but we have our perfumers working on a certain brief for a certain type of smell seasonal or masculine feminine or driving freshness or sense sensuality or, you know, uh, femininity, what have you. Uh, for example, in the female market, um, La Vie Belle from uh, Lancôme is also an IFF creation. And we have really from uh, fine fragrance to niche perfumes uh, to more mass market perfumes. Uh, there is all this creative work on, you know, designing and creating the invisible that goes into those products. But we also, as Joe mentioned and Julie as well, work with a lot of F- FMCGs. Uh, but we preserve like their privacy and you know how mm-hmm. they want to talk about their product. So I'm not going to be lining up brands now. But FMCGs can, mean consumer goods. Consumer goods. Consumer uh, goods. Yeah, all the big brands and the mid-sized brands that saw that sell sorry uh, laundry detergents or fabric softeners or shampoos. You know we're behind that process, that creative process, and we do work a lot in collaboration with those brands. So so interestingly I, enough, you're almost like the unsung heroes behind all of these incredible successful brands because without you where would they be or or for Maeve it's it's mystical right it is mystical and the fact that you're helping to create their success but other than your professional enjoyment 
no one really knows that it's your efforts behind the scenes. I actually don't know if I can think of another example that would be similar to that. Certainly when you see a movie, the credits are 700 people long, right? Um, what else out there would be comparable where you're doing that much work that the, the, that the end result would not be the same without you, and yet you're mysteriously not really part of it but in I the do, public eye, I should say. I do say. think that that's a really interesting point, especially for those that are you know, soul-searching, career-searching, where you don't necessarily think about on a day-to-day who creates anything, right? So like the chairs that we're sitting on. Right. There is the person that created the actual textile that is made at like the physical material. Then there's the person that designs the chair. Then there's the person that manufactures the chair. Then there's the person that distributes the chair and sells the chair to the buyers. I mean, there's literally so many layers. And that's something that Marissa and I really love about working with career searchers, that it's not just what you see, right? So when somebody graduates college, and this is a great testament to a lot of what you do, it's like, I want to work for Chanel because Chanel is my favorite brand. And you think only Chanel, you have blinders on that you want to work for Chanel. So just because you don't work at Chanel doesn't mean that you might not eventually touch something that touches Chanel, right? So and that's just an example of a, a company like IFF or a company like a recruiting agency like us that might touch Chanel or a PR agency or a media buying company or anybody out there that might work with Chanel. So we, we actually talk about that all the time and we'll get there in a moment about a brand crush. Like if you have a crush on a brand like that, there's actually 20 other companies that might work with that brand. So And you just need somebody like Marissa and me or just the wherewithal now LinkedIn, obviously, it gives you opportunity to find all these people. Who else out there might touch Chanel in some way? And you'd be surprised that there's a lot. And then also to that point, for those of us in the audience that are happy in our jobs, which considering there are a lot of people here that are from IFF, so I'm hoping that they are very happy. Um, I, I would like to say that sometimes having conversations like this or taking a moment, taking a beat to kind of have like a, a thought about your own journey and how you got there and why you got there is a nice professional hug as well. And think about those in your life that you can inspire for a moment and help ignite their light and turn some of this energy, you know, onto your own teams. So it's not just for someone that's looking for the job. It's someone that's in a job and sometimes just needs to take a moment and be like, wait, how did I get here again? Totally. And why? It's fun to do this. It's fun to talk about all this. Speaking of, Stephanie, what, what do you wish you knew when you started? Um... It kind of sounds a little maybe cliche since I'm sitting up here talking about IFF, but I wish that I knew to apply to work at IFF outside immediately when I graduated college because looking back at my five and a half years here, I realized the just the tremendous amount of opportunities that I have. Um, now I, I just transitioned into a new role, but prior to that I've, I've had two other roles within IFF and I've worked at five different creative centers, uh, one being the new Bell Works. Um, and in my previous role, I also was able to do a three-month uh, assignment in the Netherlands, which is where our one of our creative centers is located. So just looking back and seeing the opportunities that I was granted and the learnings that, you know, that I've learned. And I really do love working in this industry. And also 
the people that we work with. I think that we really have a great team behind us and our colleagues are, are wonderful. <laughs> Michelle's right there. <laughs> and, Hi, Michelle. Like, I love my boss. Who are... <laughs> and it's really, truly been a, a really great experience for me and I'm really proud to work at IFF and I'm, I'm truly happy in what I do. So I guess I wish that I knew to apply sooner so I could have more of the experience that I've I've had more That's time. A beautiful answer. Great answer. And, and I, I should, I should, I want to answer, ask a question, a, a planted question, for those in the audience that are curious. So, if you wanted to work at IFF, you know, in any capacity, what kind of experience do you typically look for? And if there's not specific experience that you look for, like, what are you looking for? If somebody's looking to work for IFF, anybody want to take that one? Annie, you can take it. I take that one. I think, uh, you know, it uh, depends on where your passion, you know, is. Sure. If you have the mindset of like a designer, you know, a creator, I think the perfumery evaluation is where you touch most closely to design and, and creation. And then you can come from different kind of background. You know, in my case, I did some, you know, business. I had business background. Uh, but we can also hire from, you know, uh, chemical um, uh, background. Uh, so it's kind of diverse for that area. And if you're more interested on the customer relationship, on the client-facing area, then I think that's more more between, you know, marketing, um, of course, business. Uh, but we also have another area which I think is quite interesting, which is consumer insights. And we're putting a lot of emphasis on really looking and understanding the needs of the final consumer. And then you have different kinds of background that you can uh, tap into, uh, researchers, um, you know, uh, scientists as well. So it's quite diverse. I think what's important is for you to look into what's your passion uh, and then, you know, go for, um, you know, experiencing, you know, one or two of those areas. Um, we also do train internally, which I mm -hmm. think is quite interesting. Mm -hmm. We have a perfumery school, and we have an. Uh, that's why I thought maybe Joe would kind of tap into that. We have I a perfumery that. school, and we have an evaluation uh, school as well. So if you come from a business background like me, and you want to be trained on the fragrance industry, you know we offer the opportunity to go through the different stages where you can learn how to smell the raw materials Bye, Jamie. and so yeah. on. <laughs> Where's the left? <laughs> I'm applying. Right. I'm going to run right. the business alone. And if you have the dream, like Maeve, maybe you can talk about that, your background, where you came from, and how you, you know, ended up being a perfumer. Uh, that's also a very interesting journey. And the company also is investing, I think it's like between four to three to five years of training for you to become a perfumer. So there is also that opportunity that you come with your background and your graduation, but the company offers you the, the opportunity to learn. How many people are employed by IFF globally? 13,000. 30,000 people. Yeah, one, three. Oh, 13. 13. 13,000. And how many people are employed in the New York metropolitan area? So it's 1,200 employees between New York and New Jersey, between the scent division and the taste division. So and how many are here at Bellworks? Bellworks, about 120. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think this is a good time to ask, in general, how has it been in your new digs? I really like, uh, I really enjoy working at Bellworks. Uh, prior to working in our Hazlitt location where we were before, I worked in our New York Creative Center. And I really enjoy working in the city. I think it offers 
it gives you so much energy and just so much opportunity. And I, I really enjoyed that. So being in Bell Works and especially with the the history here and the innovation and the creation, I think that it fits really well with what we do here at IFF. And it's just well, can it's you hear really that? Do you Fun. hear that? You gotta tell Paola that. <laughs> yeah, the the team that created the the feeling here is you know who's behind this event. So it's a very cool thing to hear you say that because I agree as somebody that works here too. Like I think it's there's just something about the building that makes you feel like okay, it's not the city, but it's not the suburbs. It's a metro burb, and you don't have to commute too get far it? to get to yeah. like the city. Exactly. Exactly. So you're loving it so far. Amazing. Do you live locally? I do. I live here in yeah. In this and area. anybody on the panel not live locally and commute here? Yeah. And how do you feel about it? I, I love the commute. It's a reverse commute. Sure. Uh, and there are so many options in terms of trains and uh, ferries that can take us here uh, and also the shuttle. So I think it's it provided a kind of a twofold, you know, local people to commute somewhere, somewhere very exciting, very fast. But also people from New York kind of, you know, re- rediscovering this uh, Homedale Renaissance and, and becoming more interested of what is locally. Homedale, Homedale Renaissance. <laughs> That's also, a good clip. this is coming from I a mean, woman I mean who, marketing. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is coming from a She's woman like, that I, was I Walking down the street. I know how to spin it. Right? You you walk to work, and that's how you discovered IFF in the laundry. Right? And now you're doing a reverse commute. Exactly. I love it. So there's no good way to ask what I want to ask next. Um, But we've talked about all the good. And, And sometimes when we're working, we fall into some pickles, so to speak, some challenges. And I think for reality, it'd be nice to maybe say, okay, Julia, give me something that you failed at. It doesn't seem possible based on what I know of you, but like, tell me what you failed at. We never fail. No, no, but, but I think it's more of a, a philosophical spin to what you're saying, because you may feel it's a failure at the moment. And we have this every week, every day, you know, of, of things that you could have done differently. So I think it's a it's a good self-reflection. But when again, when you look at from a different angle through the span of your life, said so that was not really a failure. It was I learned with that failure. So the failure becomes kind of a learning. And I think that the nature of what we do, it's very experimental. So Maeve would be able to talk about it, but to create one fragrance that it's that hits the jackpot, she's gone through you know, many, many different experimentations. So the failure is kind of part of our uh, DNA. And I think the part of uh, all of us that have been with IFF, that it's, it's almost like it's a comfort place to fail because it's the nature of our job, you know, fail and trial, fail and trial. And hopefully, you know, learning throughout the process. So right now we are failing less because we've tried more. So, you know, I can think of, you know, different uh, failure in my my life but i think that from a work standpoint failure is not really a negative thing it's something that we have we've been learning a lot with that and i think that's an interesting thought i think for a lot of us it doesn't matter where you work at iff or elsewhere or you're in between jobs or you're a student there's every single day there's something you're like i should have done that differently like every day i could think of 15 things i did today already where i'm like i should have done that differently and i think what you learn like for example what we do when we're recruiting for a job the amount of people that we have to submit for that job before we actually find the person we have to deal with a lot of no and that's and that's not a failure necessarily it's just a learning and okay so this person's not right now i know why this person's too expensive this person 
whatever it is, you figure it out. But what's so interesting about what you were saying, where it is art and science, and I'd love to hear this from you, Maeve, like when you're creating a fragrance, you know, obviously I'm sure there's a million layers to how you decide whether or not like this is a jackpot, whether it's consumer research and et cetera. So um, if you could tell us a little bit about how you do that and how you deal with I guess not a failure, but a, you know, you're tripping, you're tripping, you're falling, and then you're like, I'm running. Yeah, like that was one of the biggest changes for me coming from biochemistry, then moving into something creative was that, you know, when you're working in something more scientific, you have like this A solution. There's an answer. There's a right Right. and a wrong, there's a black and a white. And then making that transition into a creative role was really like you have to open yourself up to a bit more vulnerability, a bit more courage, you know, to think like, okay, you know, there is no right or wrong. I have to like, you have to trust your instincts. You have to... um, you know, work as a team. And um, I think that's part of why I love it so much. I think that's really, you know, you work with people and you're trying to like um, get towards a goal. And it's true that, you know, you have to really be able to like put yourself out there and say like, okay, this is what I feel. I'm going to go with my gut and have a kind of conviction in your ideas and keep going. And the, you know, the thing is you have an idea in your mind and it's trying to bridge that gap between like the vision you have in your mind. And then when you put it together, what you actually smell and it's trying to like keep going, keep going, keep going until you get there, you know? And, um, you and know, everyone smells things a little differently. Right. I would say yeah. the definition of success and the definition of failure is so incredibly temperamental with what you do. Exactly. Right? And so certain scents smell differently on different skin. And it's right. just so Just because one sells really well doesn't mean it's your personal favorite. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And that's part of what's interesting. That's what's so nice to work at somewhere like IFF is that you have the chance to work on so many different with diverse clients. You know, if it's working on a detergent or working on a fine fragrance, you're always like, you know, there's always like different things. And it's true that you're supported by, your, you know, your um, consumer insight research you're supported by your evaluators who know like and your sales team and you know people who know the clients really well and they help guide you towards you know getting to that exact spot you know they they're people who've worked with the clients for years and who know really well um you know right like he, like someone says this person's going to yeah. come in this client's going to come in and they're really big on citrus yeah so they'd be a good partner for x perfumer because that perfumer is a citrusy person yeah you're never working alone. i'm trying to go layman's terms guys layman's terms (laughs) citrus lemon yeah 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 so it's good i love it yeah we're learning we got it um so this is a good segue to kind of uh, work towards the end of our conversation there's still several more questions but one of the things that we talk about a lot is our mantras right so in what we do for a living we have to stay inspired and i think what a lot of us in at work or or at home even you have to figure out ways to inspire yourself and be inspired by others or else what's the point right so we have a lot of mantras um that we live by in fact the back of our business cards have our mantra so you'll see them in your goodie bags uh but our mantras are varied our our five mantras i'm reading them because honestly sometimes i forget what they are sometimes we need to be reminded so much we need to look down and read them ourselves so one of our mantras is say yes so first of all thank you to all of you for saying yes to being here today and for you guys saying yes to being on the panel because i think there's times where things feel uncomfortable you're like i don't know like should i get my lunch and like go to this thing like i have something else to do saying yes is the first step in learning anything new Right. So you're just kind of like, all right, I'm going to go. So that's I think when it comes to career search, especially saying yes is so important. And obviously all of you said yes at some point to be where you are today at IFF. Julia, you're like, I'm going to move to the Netherlands or I'm going to. Yes. 
yes, I'm going to move to Paris for a couple years. I was going to say, Julia, is there something specific about a say yes that means something to you? There's only one downside is the say yes to chocolate. You know, that's not been uh, working so well lately. <laughs> but, uh, it does it is Halloween season, so it's everywhere. <laughs> but usually say yes is kind of my, my, my uh, we were uh, talking about it. And I, I love to see things in a very positive way. And I guess that my first thing post is always to say yes, let's do it, you know. And it can take you in a very different journey. You know, you're going to find other people that are going to jump in the, the yes wagon with you. But it opens up the opportunity. Your yes might be, you know, be- becoming some something different and you might find some difficulties along the way but if you don't try it you, you're never going to know uh, how it looked like you know, so. yeah and I think that there's just in career especially and jobs like there's just in general in life there's so much no and negativity in life that if you are in your career or your job and you just enter each day with this yes attitude it just makes the rest of your life feel a little bit lighter you know, um, another one that we say often, we like to say we, Marissa actually coined this before every single commercial had it, which was dream big. Um, I was the, un, I was the invisible scent on that one. Cause we, this, <laughs> it was my idea. She's creating the invisible, um, dream big obviously speaks for itself. It's just one of our faves just to dream and dream big and go after your dreams. Obviously, hence our name. Um, you never know unless you go is a big one, which I think is part of the say yes, but you just never know. So if you're given an opportunity to go meet with Anna and you're like, I'm not qualified, I don't know, A, say yes, because if anybody wants to meet you ever for anything, you should go, one. And you just never know unless you go, right? You could meet Anna today and tomorrow, she she could be resigning tomorrow, you don't know. And her new She's team, not. She's not. She's not. This is not a rumor. But her new company or her new product or her new thing is going to be perfect and have an opening for you and she could call you in two days and... You just don't know what's going on internally ever. Um, so you never know unless you go is a big one for us. And I feel like Maeve wanted to maybe comment on that yeah. a little. Yeah, I remember um, when I was just finished my degree, it was a big lesson for me. Um, I had applied to do a scholarship uh, in Boston. And, you know, Ireland historically has a lot of links with Boston. And I thought, okay, I feel very comfortable doing that. You know, I have some family over there. This makes sense, you know. And then at the very last minute, about two weeks before leaving, they moved the project to Texas. And it was just a curveball that I wasn't expecting. And I was like, okay, so I was really taken aback and I was worried about going. And, you know, in the end, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm going to try this. And I ended up having the most, like, the best year of my life, I think, because I met some, like, friends that I'm still really close with. I went skydiving. I did things that I never, you know, I was outside my comfort zone, and it really challenged me. And I think that... I hear your southern drawl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really picked up the accent down there. <laughs> no, I love that example. It's so true, and it's inspiring to hear, for me even, and anybody, that you just... If you are given an opportunity and you can say yes, it's yeah. a great one. And that's obviously an extreme example to move to Texas and go skydiving. But even today, you never know unless you go. We always tell people network most when you need it the least. So today, even those of you that are from IFF, currently could be networking, right, in some way. You meet somebody next to you, you're chit-chatting. Um, this is a little sneak peek, sorry in advance for you guys and for us for this, but I, I, I do believe it. When you go to something like this and you hear all these people speak, raise your hand if you ever thought you would maybe connect to them on LinkedIn after this. Anyone? Exactly. So this is a great learning experience. You, especially students, you come to something like this, you listen to us all speak, you leave. We may never see you again. It's an opportunity missed, right? So if you can't stay after and say hello, LinkedIn has created something for us that even for a lot of us that started our career search without it, that is 
invaluable to network, right? So it's connecting to Stephanie after and being like, I saw you speak today. Like, maybe we can grab a coffee one day. Like, I live locally. And even if you can't grab coffee and she wants to just be a, you know, a conversation on the phone or you just have her email address so that you can bounce an idea off of her. You know, these are the types of opportunities that are missed, unfortunately, a lot of the time. So we like to open that up. Sorry for your LinkedIn. Um, you know, that it really is network most when you need it the least. Like, you, you may not be here networking for a new job, but, like, you might be one day. And something that these guys said resonated, and you could reach back out to them. Um, I also think specifically here in the Metro Burb, you don't know who your neighbors are. Right. And the whole point is that we're supposed to be engaging and rubbing shoulders with our neighbors. Look. Look at what you're doing. Look at who you are. Look at where you're coming from. How can you help one another? Um, how can you enrich your day-to-day lives with little tidbits? Whether it's, you know, what is your point of view on X, Y, or Z? And or it doesn't have to be as, as like know, a job. It doesn't really have to be job search. Just, yeah, just, just an, like, for example, we talk about this all the time. When we're in our building in Manhattan, you, you go to work in New York City. You get in your elevator. You go up to your office. And that's it. I have no idea who works in our building. Zero idea. Unless I see you in the elevator, got nothing. And and the girls that work on our floor, they don't even smile. Yeah, I'm like in the bathroom with them like, hey. True. <laughs> True um, choice. They don't even so, smile. Right. So, so you I, guys are so much more smiling. Right. So I think if you're in an op, you're in a place, which is what's so amazing about what they've been, they've created here, where... And this event itself is to bring people together in a community and also invite the public in, you know, to create community at your office place, which is a rare thing. And so to be able to rub shoulders with somebody that's like making perfume down the hall, like who knew? Like how cool is that? It's another card to take, another hand to shake. Yeah. And we smell great. And you do smell great. And everybody here smells good. Um, Joe, do you have a mantra? Uh, I would say similar to what we said about say yes, but for me, the take is a bit, why not? And I think, you know, I don't really, th- I-, I believe that we don't always really truly understand our full potential unless we take risks and we put ourselves out there. And so for me, it's always been with myself in personal life. And also, I think some of my colleagues would say the same, but it's why not? You know, many, many things are possible if you're willing to learn and if you're willing to change your mindset and put yourself out there. But it comes with the risk. But yeah, for me, it's always been about why not? I like that. Why not? It's a good one. So obviously, we talked about inspiration. And so I'd like to direct this to Anna again. What inspires you? What keeps you inspired to be at a company for this many years? Obviously, the product and the and the the work that you're doing obviously is is got to be part of your inspiration. But what has inspired you to stay and continue down this journey? I think it's um, you know it's a really group of um, obsessed people and passionate people about what they do, and mm-hmm. we happen to design and create sense. But I think the power of coming together to realize like a dream. We work in projects, you know. That's we do proactive ideas. We go and, and, and poke and you know provoke ideas with the clients, or we receive the projects and we react to that. And I think the power of uh, coming together to you know focus on something. And then it's highly competitive uh, to be able to tell a story, you know, that really creates that different moment of experience when they're wearing the 
the fragrance product is really what inspires me. So every day, you know, we last year went through a very long process on one specific client. It was a 12 months, you know, process that we needed to achieve a new position for our company. We needed to bring the company back to that partnership. And just the passion and the obsession and the focus of the people working on that, as Julia said, you know, if people tend to really at IFF like jump right into action and uh, that high energy really feeds me and drives me to keep uh, to keep moving um, and also the diversity I think you you see here uh, how diverse is our background and our experiences and that truly truly inspires me when I'm working locally or if I'm traveling and I love the building. I love to be at Bell Works because of that as well, you know, to really be able to have that more um, uh, unexpected, let's say, um, moments where you meet people, you talk about, you know, experiences and backgrounds. So I think to summarize is really the, the passion that we have for what we do. It's not easy. It's competitive. So we need to keep, you know, really um, that uh, resilience aspect of, you know, winning business, losing business and continue to go. And it's really the inspiration that I get from the diversity of the group right now, because I've been so many years with the company. What inspires me is the new generation as well. And to see, you know, up and rising new leaders at IFF, I love the diversity again of ideas uh, and approaches and many times kind of challenging, you know, the old way of doing things is like, you know, why not? You know, let's try something different. So it's it's been a very interesting journey, basically because of those two two aspects, I think. Well, I think coming from such a global, so many of you have had such a global life. Um, you know, where so many of us growing up on the East Coast and speaking, I'm speaking for most of us because I believe it would be true. We grew up on the East Coast. We go to school and very, um, I ventured far. I went to Virginia um, and I, I didn't go to UVA. I went to University of Richmond. It's different. But, you know, to have the, the, the ability to be here and bring your wisdom and yet still showcase the fact that Maeve was nervous, even though she's living abroad, she was nervous to not be in Boston versus Texas. You know, it's interesting to learn from others, their ups, their downs, their, what their balance is, and to remind ourselves that sometimes what we're feeling, although valid, doesn't need to be so incredibly significant. Now, speaking of the new generation, I think which is fun for our audience, um, especially as new neighbors, IFF, and, in, and doing kind of what I do, until someone can figure out how to get a job without being a human being and interviewing for that job, it doesn't matter that there are all these platforms, it doesn't matter that there are all these social media, you still need to be you on that meeting, you need to be interviewed, you need to be hired, you still need to be you. So I think that your business is very similar, ironically, to my business. So in this new world that we're all living in, this 2019 of fragrance, is there something from a marketing standpoint that you feel is extremely exciting or new and or is it exciting and new that it's not new, um, that we're still moved by scent? I, I, I mean, that's what, I'm not to put words in your mouth, but that's what I'm thinking. You know, it doesn't matter. You can post it. You can tweet it. You can do a million things. But if I smell coffee beans, I want coffee. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very uh, intrinsic to one of the deepest uh, instincts of the human being, I think, scent. And because we can't really articulate what we are smelling unless, you know, we go, we are on the job. 
You see how powerful that is? It's very passionate. Yeah. Very powerful. Maeve, was that you? <laughs> Good one, person. Sorry. Maeve's like, Maeve's like, I want to start talking now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, girls. No, what I was saying is it. that uh, Take I, us I out, think it, you know, the power of scent, um, it's something that we not necessarily articulate, but I guess that from, from, from that take is that when we all enter this business, unless we have, you know, specifically had family or friends that we relate and have been working in this industry, we don't really know what IFF is. We don't really know what a scent company does. And that's when you start uh, seeing how important it is to ignite your senses every day. So beyond your curiosity on, you know, what the brand looks like and how it feels like, you know, if it had a scent, what it would be. You know, there's a one common question that we do for consumers, for instance, if you would have to personify a brand, you know, like, okay, you have this box of, uh, of cereal or you have this laundry detergent, if it would be a person, how would it be? You know, so I think that you start seeing things at a different angle. And today we are bombarded by this sensory overload everywhere we go. We go to the malls and all of the brands, they have, you know, a scent. They have something to look at and everything. So I guess that the ability to think about something that has all these different senses, it's something that can, you know, really spark new opportunities when you are doing the job research and everything. So curiosity is kind of the, the, the trigger for all of that. So I loved when you were saying about the things that are not so much in the surface when we look for new jobs, like the doctors, the engineering, the law firms, and all of this. But really, you know, if you start thinking of how things are produced and does it have a sense, the, what are the senses that we can engage, then you open up your, you know, your, your portfolio into a completely new world. I, I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, as far as some of the folks in the audience or, or who will listen to this after, if they're looking to work for IFF or any, you know, company that they're applying for, we talked a little bit about what it is that you look for. But as a senior level person, and I'll direct this question back at you, too, you know, what impresses you? Like when you're interviewing somebody, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about how we don't prepare for this, but that was like not the advice we typically would give. But obviously being prepared and understanding. We seem prepared, though. You know, right? I, does we anybody know we're not prepared? Um, don't tell me. Besides the, besides the step and repeat falling on all of you. Um, I, think, I think that what impresses a senior level player tends to be the same type of stuff across the board. So it doesn't necessarily need to just be for IFF. But if you don't mind answering that question, too, like when you're interviewing something, somebody, what is, is it that they do? What's the X factor uh, you're yeah. looking for? What is it that you look for? Yeah, so um, uh, coming from a different culture, I guess, that when I started interviewing uh, here in the U.S., I was always very impressed on how people positioned themselves, you know, almost like, okay, I am this product, and you that's why you should have this product. And, you know, like really positioning themselves with uh, a nice balance of ambition. You could see there are some people more ambition than others, but I guess that, so this is kind of a, a package that you are kind of expecting this to be kind of this alpha profiles, you know, that you should hire me and I want to be your next CEO. That's how, you know, there's a lot of interviews that go into that direction. But I guess that what, what touches, you know, the, the interest is really the curiosity of the person. You know, you're not supposed to know what we do. And if you know a lot, either you did your homework or, you know, you, you probably know what of our industry does. So I'm expecting to have a lot of questions as well, to be interactive. I don't like interviews that I'm, I'm the only one talking and asking, you know. Uh, and so when you start engaging, and I think that the, the late, latest, uh, you know, talents acquisitions that we, ha we had was all about them, people that were really 
really engaging and curious. So tell me, how do you do this? You know, and, and what is this job is all about? What, what do you expect to, you know, what is going to be my day-to-day -day, uh, life, for instance? So kind of putting themselves into uh, that position. Uh, of course that, you know, again, the level of ambition needs to be dosed. Uh, yes, you want to position yourself the best ever possible, but, you know, leave room for a dialogue, not this, you know, super monologue. I am the most ambitious person. Humble. And that's why, uh, humble, exactly. And we were discussing about it and really bringing your true self, right? That, that's something important because if you don't bring your true self, you will not see those nuances that you, you talked about, you know, so all of us, we have those nuances and those passions and, and, and things that could be very fit to the company, but if you don't tone down a little bit, you'll never be able to show them, you know, the uh, question of uh, bringing your uh, vulnerable side as well. Speaking of questions, Anna, do you feel like there's something that we should have asked all of you and we haven't? Is there anything we you wanted to say about your jobs or IFF or any of that that you would like the audience to hear that we didn't ask? No, I, th I think the, the questions were pretty um, interesting and were able to cover many things. I just want to build on what Julia said about curiosity. I think that's really, we value that a lot. And if, it doesn't matter if you know a lot about the job or not, but demonstrate what is triggering you know your interest in life from a professional side but a personal side so that i think not that i have a question that you guys haven't really covered but i think that's one important attribute um, that we consider today and really be true to yourself you know and we talked a lot about you have your persona your professional you know face and all of that but as much as you can bring yourself to work, it's very, very important. You know, what you think and how you see life and your values, I think that's extremely important. I don't know if uh, Joe wants to build on that, anything that we didn't talk about, who, what we do at IFF, who we are, you know, the talent that we are looking to bring in. Yeah, I, I would say the, the one other piece that I would add is an, a willingness to learn. I think, you know, you have to have that mindset in today's day and age. And maybe many people coming into our industry, you don't fundamentally know what we do. But even the ones that are here, I'll tell you, if you're not learning every day, you're falling behind. And so you have to have that mindset that you are willing to learn in that, yes, I do know a lot, but I don't know everything. And it's constantly changing. And I think also having the ability to adapt with that and to build that into your repertoire is extremely important. I agree. And I think one of the things that we talk about all the time is always have a question. So if you're on an interview and, you know, uh, my biggest pet peeve is when somebody says to me or I hear from a client that they've said to them, um, oh, no, you covered everything. Like we talked. I think they, they weighted it down. We're good. <laughs> Be prepared. Um, I think, you know, one of uh, just a, a little tidbit that I'm happy to share. Uh, I didn't trademark it, obviously, at any time. I probably should have. But when you go into an interview and somebody says to you, no, you've covered everything. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing in the job. Like, I'm good. You can always ask a question that's a personal question. You can be like, how long have you worked here? Why do you love working here? Or I saw on your LinkedIn, you've been here for 15 years. What's kept you here? Those types of things that makes you look like you've done your research. Like, even if you talked about almost everything, likely that hasn't come up, right? Because the interview is about you. So if you can figure out something that you can ask of your interviewer, I think it not only shows that you're prepared, but it, it doesn't leave this lull at the end where you're like, 
you covered everything, I'm good. Because most interviewers, I would say, from recruiters to hiring managers, love to talk, I mean, we all, by nature, human beings like to talk about themselves, right? So if we can ask something personal, not necessarily like, do you have a dog? But like, you know, something that's <laughs> like, something that's appropriate about maybe something you just ca- talked about, but also if none of that seems relevant, you can always call on something like that. Like, I've noticed you've been here for 28 years. Like, tell me about that. That's a cool question to ask. Um, and I think that that's something that everybody, I think, can learn from because so often we end an interview or a conversation with, I think we covered everything. Thank you. And it's great, but especially hearing that you guys like curiosity and questions, that's a little, you know, inside scoop is something you could ask. Um, But this is a great way to segue into our last few questions, one of which is we really believe that everyone, everyone in our audience and everyone in, in in general has an innate superpower, right? Something that they bring to their job, like you were saying, bringing your innate self, to their life, to their relationships, to their friendships, uh, that is their superpower that not everyone else can do. And it's a hard question. I realize that as I've asked that to people over the year that we've been doing this. And Marissa and I even struggled a little at the beginning identifying, I have a lot of superpower, no, trying to figure out like Mm -hmm. what is really like the thing that I bring that like really very few people can bring or I bring in a very specific way. So my superpower, and I will tell you because I think it's inspirational for others and also maybe will spark what you want to answer is I bring the sparkle to things. So whether it's a physical document and I can make it look pretty or just a group of people, I'm able to you know, be that cheerleader, as as I said, from a very young age and the the collector of people and and bringing people together and adding a little bit of extra flavor to flavor. Look at this. That was unintentional, Um, you know, to us, to an environment and a situation. So that's my superpower. Marissa can tell you hers. And then I'd love to hear what everybody else thinks is their superpower. Um, I am a professionally good listener. But in turn, I've turned that into helping others find their own light. That's my superpower. I love to talk to people and help, help them in, ignite themselves, frankly, and to answer their own questions um, just by guiding them in their best way. It's my favorite part about my job. It's my favorite part about being a, a daughter, a wife, a friend, um, a mother. I love to be able to sit down and say, okay, so what is it that you love? What is it that you're resisting? What can we change? What are you looking for? And listening and hearing and helping. Um, but my, not just being like a counselor, so to speak, it's actually getting someone to figure out on their own. When someone comes into my office and they say, oh, my resume, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, by the way, it doesn't need to be this hard. Like, let's get to the bottom of this. It doesn't have to be such a hard conversation with yourself to discuss your diary professionally. Um, and breaking down what's simple and, and seeing people for who they truly need to be seen as. That's, that's, what, that's a long answer, but in this audience, I feel like I might as well exploit my talent a little bit in case I can help anyone around here. Anyway, Julia, what is your superpower, what's your Julia? Superpower? Besides um, catching that when it fell. Um... I had an answer, but I'm going to change the answer because I think it's endurance. I don't get overwhelmed easily. I, I think I, I like dealing with complexity. 
I, I actually, you know, like when there's a stressful moments that I can, you know, kind of balance that. And I think that's something that I learned with the martial arts back in the days. Uh, so she, she keeps bringing out some stuff that we didn't know, like cars, mar- martial arts. I love yes, it. So okay. You have a lot of... It's a tomboy, right? Yeah. I love it. We'll save that for a different podcast. <laughs> exactly. No, but really, you know, that sense of, you know, when you are that stressful, you should really change your breathing and, you know, keeping calm and everything. So when there are complex situations, I like to endure and just cruise control and go with the flow. Um, and, and I think that that helped me into diverse moments of, you know, peaks and lows uh, into this uh, wonderful IFF journey, I would say. I have lavender on my wrists today <laughs> so that I can do I what you just said. Pink, right. you know, post points here. Yes. <laughs> Maeve, your superpower. Um, yeah, I would say that it's my imagination. I think like as a perfumer, you have to dip a lot into, you know, your memories and, you know, things you're inspired by and try to, you know, be curious and put things together. And I think um, just try and get into that playful kind of creative space. And I think my imagination, kind of living a lot of my imagination helps me with that. You know, whether it's trying to, like, for example, distill a memory of, um, well, I don't want to give it away, of something that we brought along today. You know, trying to distill a memory of a place and a time, you know, into a bottle. I think so. I, I think can actually segue if you want right now and do that little game for, with everyone before we leave. So yeah, we sure, have yeah, good go time. Ahead, yeah. introduce Wait, it if you don't mind. But what, don't worry, we will come back to Joe Stephanie's and Anna's superpowers. superpowers. <laughs> go ahead and introduce what what these young ladies are walking around with. So this is um, uh, a fragrance that I worked on. It's connected to my heritage, the fact that I'm Irish, um, and it was my way of trying to um, recreate a sort of a feeling, a color, a texture of being at home. Um, it is actually something in particular. I don't know, should I give it away or is it a Debbie? No. guess it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe whoever gets it right gets the <laughs> raffle prize. Let's do that. Or the first person that gets it right? First person to get it right wins our raffle. No, I, but you not can't IFF. be not an IFF. IFF employee. Sorry. Sorry, IFF people. <laughs> you can dip more than one at once, apparently. Just FYI. Yeah. Look at us. Okay, so while we're dipping and spreading, can you guys tell us your superpowers? Joe, go ahead. What's your superpower? Okay, tough question. Why not? (laughs) um, I think it's bringing bringing order to chaos, and kind of like Julia was saying, you know, dealing with very complex subjects, but then finding a way to communicate it either into an action plan or into a manner that somebody that's less familiar with it can actually understand and and deal with it or or learn from it. So a little bit of of ordering from the chaos, a little bit from teaching and explaining You're sounds super, like you and he's super good at that it he's sounds really, like you started that on the seaside heights boardwalk <laughs> and i think they could probably still use a little a bit little of their chaos help. on the seaside heights boardwalk let's be fair <laughs> stephanie, stephanie what's yours i think that my superpower would have to be multitasking it's i like to say that iff made me into a professional multitasker because a lot of the projects and our day-to-day are very complex, but also uh, we move at a very fast pace, which I very much like. I think I thrive off of that. So multitasking is a must, but not even just professionally. I think in my personal life as well, there's a lot of, it's just so, you know, work-life balance and being able to do everything and, you know, put enough time into all of your priorities or your errands and, and things like that. I love it. 
Anna, that's a tough question as well, right, Joe? So I think my superpower is to be a super mom, you know? <laughs> as long as I, you know, love my job and I've been working really hard and accomplished a lot, at the end of the day, what drives me is really to um, be, you know, a good mom, be close to my kids, see them growing, um, and then be a, a bit of a role model. I have my two kids here today. Actually, one is right there, Aww. Gabby. And, Embarrass uh, them. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's really uh, it helps me at work as well. You know, I'm also a bit motherly. I think at work and kind of adopt you know some some of the talent of IFF and help them groom and, and develop. And at the end of the day, I I think it's a myth uh, work life balance. I don't think that really exists. To be honest with you, I think it's sometimes you put more emphasis on your career, and then you know you have to create a infrastructure, a kind of a supporting system that helps you go you know, throughout those times and other times you really focus on, you know, your family and you try to really find the best compromise and the balance. So between being a super mom and proud of my kids and accomplish, accomplishing so much at IFF, I think that's what kind of drives me like, you know, my superpower. Being resilient, I think, you know, is also also important. But yeah, it's, it's a tough question. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, we typically wrap our interviews with one or two or three fun questions. And I think in the interest of time, we'll do one today and then we'll get to the scent game, which is super fun to wrap up. Um, so we usually ask people what your favorite go town, like go to order is at your like hometown restaurant. We think it's like a fun game, but I actually kind of feel like I want to bring it back to Bellworks for a minute. So I'm going to switch it up on you if you want to take a minute and think what your favorite thing to order lunch-wise is at Bellworks. Because by the way, I've been working here, I think six months now or so, and I just recently found something new that I'm like kind of obsessing over, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I'd love to hear, just to bring it back to Bellworks, bring it a little bit lighter. We don't have to talk about your superpowers anymore. Take a breath. We all got through the interview question. Um, what your favorite thing is to eat at Bellworks? Hummus, pita, and company. What's your order? Wait, What's your order? Wait. What do you get? I Anything. never remember. That's why I copy paste and I, I love it every time I have it. But this, this idea of having like a plate with 10 little different things, it reminds me of tapas, you yes. know, of multiple options. And they are very consistent and, and I love the taste. It's delicious. Maeve, what about you? Um, I love the Asian salad with added salmon. <laughs> In here at Broad Fork. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's delicious. But they also have... Um, I. I never really in Europe I wouldn't eat donuts but like this kind of now I'm like it's part of my maybe research trying to understand like the, the American culture yeah <laughs> where we eat she's, donuts she's researching donuts <laughs> so I've been sampling the donuts okay Maeve <laughs> That's my excuse. But there is an amazing one. It has orange flour in it with like a slice of um, orange. And it's at the, the cafe, the Bellworks Cafe. It's really, really delicious. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Joe? What's your favorite thing to get? So in? mine is the Mexican. Um, yeah. I've been uh, the last year and a half spending a lot of time in Mexico. So I love the food. And uh, having it here for lunch when I come back is a nice change. That's so. nice. And you think it's like authentic and comparable to your Mexican travels? It tastes very good. It tastes good. very good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would have to say uh, Mezzaluna is, uh, I think, my favorite place. They have, their options are really good. I don't know if I have 
something, one particular thing that I like. But what I do like is that I can order online. Yep. And I, I can just go discovered down that and pick it up, and they and you get points for every order. So mm-hmm. I've already racked up a lot of points. So that was my answer. So the Mezzaluna good. salads are yeah, really, really good. Yeah. And you can order them online and then go pick them up. So I like order them on my way to work or like when I'm walking in, like because I come in like midday typically, and then I pick it up and I'm like, wow, that's so easy and delicious and not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. Exactly. Really good. Yeah. What about you, Anna? I like the Mezzaluna as well. The panini, they have an awesome one. It's a hot, you know, warm panini with the prosciutto and mozzarella. I love the rolls, the Japanese rolls, the avocado and lobster. I love the pizza. I love She's a foodie, the- Anna. She likes the whole place. <laughs> I love the donuts as well and the mini cinnamon, like, um, uh, how do you call that? The fried, you know balls that they have there and I love the Buscardu coffee as well the cappuccino so have a like and I you know think they should open and you don't have to leave the building you just get it all done here by the way that was as unscripted as could be and varied (laughs) and everyone had their answer ready to go like there's a lot we're hungry I didn't even ask them that definitely I think we're starting to get hungry it's lunchtime um well, I think to wrap today, first of all, thank you guys for being here. This was so much fun. I hope you had And thank as you much to fun. everyone that listened with patience. Thank you for listening. I would love to now what so you're looking for a specific answer, right? Like what is it they smell? Okay. So if anyone thinks they know what they're smelling, can you raise your hand? And that's not an IFF employee. Okay. Go ahead. Can we hear him? I can hear you. Woody, he's saying. Woodiness, okay. Like a burgundy. Interesting, okay. That's right. Spicy, woody, burgundy. Okay, that's guess number one. But our goal is to get an actual thing. What is it that we're trying to find to win our contest? Like an actual... What do you? What is your a drink? A drink. Ah, drink. Okay. okay so, do, does that help oh, you at all? Do you want to answer your well, Burgundy is wine, obviously. Chris, our Chris raised her hand. She's smelling bourbon. Okay. Christine, one of our students over here has, a, has an answer. Jameson whiskey. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Anybody else want want to guess before we say yes? Alex. Okay, he says whiskey also. A different brand. A different brand of whiskey? Yes. What did you say? Black label. Now we're just getting like, now everyone's everyone's showing each other up. It's like, I'm a better whiskey drinker than you. Anybody have another guess before we say yes? So what is the correct answer? We have three winners. The perfumer announced, but... Yeah, it is. It was Irish whiskey. So Irish whiskey. So I think our first our first winner was right here. She said whiskey right there. What's your name? Alexa. Alexa. Alexis. Alexa is our win our one, number one winner today. So Alexa, who's a student that thanks to my friend Dr. Elmore that brought our students today from Georgian Court, is going to win a swag bag from Choice and Dreamcatchers and also an opportunity to sit with Maeve and learn about what she does. How cool is that? That a, a student won. Even better. Thank you guys so much for coming. Amazing. I think that's I think that we might be done. Does anybody have any other questions before we wrap? Anyone Anything in the audience specific? burning to ask something? If not, you can hang out after and come up and, and chat. If you, yes, feel free to approach us. 
semi-privately. Well, well, thank you to our panelists today. Thank you to A Shared Universe, who is our, Ming Chen over here, who's our who podcast group. By the broadcast. way, I got to get it in. Go blue. I have to say it every time. I went to Michigan. We we both went to Michigan. And Marissa jokes that I, they, I cannot go a podcast without saying I went to Michigan. Go blue. Go blue. Um, and thank you to Bellworks and NPZ Design for having us today and for all of you for listening. And anybody that did not plan on listening and has to listen for the last hour and a half, thank you <laughs> as well, including my husband over there who's and trying to And we welcome work. your feedback, too, because we're really hoping that this is going to be a thing. Yeah. If you have feedback about this, how this worked, this was about how it works, how it worked. Um, this is our first. I think that the setup and all of this was really lovely and the, and the pick up your own lunch and come and join us and make it super casual. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you for, for Brooke, to Brooke and her team for, for setting that up. So thank you so much for coming and we hope to see you again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. I'm applying for perfume school. <laughs> <laughs>